Welcome. It is the Ski Bum Podcast, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Been an interesting week, and it's going to be another interesting week coming up, and we'll talk about that today. It's called Oktoberfest. Yeah, you've got some nice little travel plans. Travel plans, yeah. Yeah, you got travel plans coming up, which is big. And you're kind of going into the region of where a lot of the good skiing is. Yeah. Kind of getting be, close. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be adventuresome. Let's put it that way. That's why it kind of jives at skiing. You're kind of wetting your beak for ski season. Yeah. You know, you kind of wetting your beak, you're getting into it. You're, you're getting warmed up because you've got a European trip already planned for France for skiing. So... Now you're going to another part of Europe to wet yeah. the peak and get ready. And you're you're kind of getting them ready for you coming over in a few months. That's right. They got to be ready because I brings the ruckus. So that is right. Speaking of the ruckus, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. SkiBumPodcast.com. We're on your favorite social media apps, Twitter, which is now X, Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, Untapped. We are at Ski Bum Podcast. Like the show? You want to help support us? We would love that. Patreon.com slash Ski Bum Podcast. We're taking on patrons. We'd love for you to support the show. It would really help us out. So go there. Check it out. Snowbound Expo. If you're in the Northeast, November 3rd through 5th, 2023. New location, Boston convention and exhibition center snowbun expo will be bigger than before bigger so and better if you want tickets go to snowboundexpo.com i know they had a couple of one dollar deals i don't think they have them anymore but go there check it out if you want tickets probably still get some decent deals before it gets too close we're still about a month and a half out i guess till the yeah, actual a good amount starts. of time you got some time but eh, october is gonna fly by Trust us. The summer September, flew by. October. Yeah. We're halfway through September. I'm telling you, wow. man. Get Love on enough. it now. Damn. And we have one more promotion available. 10,000. So I am working with the good folks at 10,000. They are a men's sportswear company. They have athlete-led design. Iron sharpens iron. Only way to become your best is to work with the best, to create gear that is built to perform. They collaborate with a team of the most obsessed and passionate athletes in the world on the design, development, and testing of their gear. Their motto, better than yesterday. At the heart of 10,000 is the idea of pursuit in business, fitness, life, and skiing. They believe in moving forward with a quiet dedication to constant improvement becoming just a bit better than we were yesterday. If you want to go and get some cool gear, go to 10,000.cc T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D dot C-C Use the code bschneider15 B-S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R 15 15% off. I love their gear. I'm wearing a pair of their interval shorts right now. Super comfortable. Great pockets. Love it. So if you want it, check it out. 10,000.cc. Boom. And with that, it's time for Opre today. 
We haven't actually podcasted in a couple of weeks. And it's been a while. It feels right, like forever. Right before we, I guess, right after, actually, right after we recorded the last podcast. I mean, I don't want to be like Nostradamus or Negro Damas, but <laughs> we had a whole thing about Jimmy Buffett. I think we the, did the the last couple podcasts before he actually just like died. I mean, you know, I guess that's a pr- probably the best way to you know segue into the good old apre today. But out of nowhere, I mean, we were talking about Margaritaville opening its first ski town resort up in Lake Tahoe. Jackson Hole was being bought up and there were some secret investors or unnamed investors. We thought maybe it was Jimmy Buffett. I, I yeah, just, that's what we were know, speculating. We were speculating. And now, just after we made those observations, comments, he died the Friday going into Labor Day weekend. As summer ends, Jimmy Buffett, the king of summer, the king of good times, dies as summer ends i mean like could it be more poetic it's like quite interesting right we were on our way driving up to to new hampshire for that bronco off rodeo and it was crazy because on thursday driving up we were listening to margaritaville radio on sirius and they were playing like the top 40 boat drinking songs for labor day weekend (laughs) and then as we got in the car saturday to drive back like the DJ was in tears and she's like, Oh my God, if you haven't heard yet, like Jimmy Buffett has passed away. And we're like, what the hell? When did wow. that happen? Yeah, it was crazy. My wife that was actually like really upset because she, she's a big Jimmy Buffett fan and she was, she's still getting hmm. upset every once in a while when she hears some songs. So yeah, I don't know. It's really, it's, uh, it's, it's very sad, but you know, it's a big loss. That's for sure. It's five o'clock somewhere. What would Jimmy Buffett do? You know, right. so after yeah. today, Mario going to got? the opera. So I'm keeping it real, uh, going to Oktoberfest, getting ready. Um, and I started thinking about what would we be drinking in America if we had our own version of Oktoberfest, right? American beers. What do we put out? What, who would sponsor the big Oktoberfest? You wouldn't have craft beers, right? They're, you may have them in there, but Oktoberfest is in Germany. It's the big beer houses that are sponsoring and it was to promote their beer, right? So I kind of like the idea of it would probably be all the big brands in, in the U.S. So to Bud celebrate, Light. yeah, well, to celebrate that, I couldn't go Bud Light. I just couldn't go there because I don't have a vagina. I just have a penis. So mm. because I don't have both parts, I couldn't do that. Mm. Um, and is that a requirement so these days now? apparently so i mean i've been to bars where where i saw a group of guys one time and they the one guy was like yeah we'll get four uh bud lights right and the guy's like no we don't drink that anymore Ah. (laughs) and it was funny they they were from another country but it was funny like to hear them have that dialogue back and forth like no no we don't drink that anymore i was like wow they're they're taking this shit serious it is so crazy how people are taking it that seriously (laughs) well you know be with some people that want to have, you know, be woke and they want to push in everybody's face. Well, if you don't want to be woke and you want to be regular and you just, you still want to be fair, you have your opinion too and let it show. And that's what they, everybody showed with uh, that beer that shall not be named. So 
I picked a different beer that I don't mind saying on the podcast because um, let's give them some props. Good old fashioned Miller Lite. Look at that. Now, it is a Pilsner. It's a Pilsner beer. So German style beer. So I was like, hey, let's do a Miller Lite. And then I took out one of my Reitenhoff Oktoberfest glasses. Look at that. The pretty little dames on there. You're getting all warmed up. Look getting, at that. I'm getting all warmed up. Stretching out the liver, getting ready for Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, as we get into the main topic, Mario is going to be discussing his plan for Oktoberfest. Give you some tips, some ideas in case you're getting over there. It's not a he's bad got, beer. He's got some experience here. This is not his first rodeo. Not my first rodeo. This is the trifecta. This will be the hat trick of... The Oktoberfest hat trick. The Oktoberfest hat trick. That's why I have the hat. And we're talking um, We're talking about Wiesenkocks, too, this time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to... That's going to be on the list. Nice. Um, but anyway, when was the last time you had a Miller Lite? I actually... You know... So when I, when I was... In my former life, when I when I was with someone, they had a connection with Anheuser Busch, so it was kind of one of those things. You don't drink anything that's not AB. Well, now that I'm, you know, now that I moved on in my life to bigger and better, I drink whatever the fuck I want. So I hadn't drank Miller in a long time. I remember MGD; they they're pretty good, and Miller Lite. It's a staple, it's still here, and it's. Uh, it's actually not bad. Not a bad. It's an easy drinking beer. Yeah. I honestly, I couldn't tell you last time I had a Miller Lite. It's, it's definitely been years. If you want something that's the other water, you get a nice cold one of these bad boys and just kind of pound one down and be like, rather than drink water, it's not going to get you drunk. What is it like? 4%? Probably four, I would guess. Let's see. I can't even see the goddamn can. It's too dark in here. There's no Braille on there? Give you the uh, the ABV? No, there's no Braille. What the hell? Well, because I fry my eyes all day on a computer, when I go look at anything that's not on a screen, I'm like, I can't see anything. So, is yeah. that... Is that like okay. a condition where you can't Look see anything up. except on the screen? 4.2% ABV. 4.2%. There you go. So, I mean, this is the perfect beer for, like, football season. I pound these all day. You're not really getting drunk unless you're like shotgunning and I'm I'm past the shotgunning stage of my life. So um <laughs> it's just funny. And then like, you know, traveling recently. So I traveled last week and getting ready to travel again. It's funny how you see like people will go like I, there was somebody near me, and that that's the other thing. We were at a bar in the in the airport, somebody ordered a beer, and immediately the the bartender's like so do you want the shot with that too? And I was like, is that like an automatic? But that's the thing now. In certain parts of the country, they have a beer and a shot. And I'm that's, like... You, you were in the Midwest, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, what's the purpose of that? Is it you like doing that? Is it get you there quicker? Or is it the beer is nice, easy drinking, but low alcohol. But instead of having a big, beefy like IPA, you're just having a nice light beer with a shot. So I don't know. I guess it levels out, right? I, I guess that's the reason. I don't quite understand it myself. But I guess if you have a shot and a light beer, that's the same as having like a double IPA. Pretty much, yeah. Right. 
it kind of evens it out and yeah, makes it like a eight or nine percenter, right? Yeah, but it is like a regional thing. I noticed like the Midwest is very big on doing that. And airports, especially airports are just like, they do anything like, you know, they asked me, do you want a double in the airport? Like when I order like a gin drink and I look at him like, why wouldn't it automatically be a double? Like you should be asking me if I want a triple. I'm in an airport going to get on a tube and sit hostage in a tube for like two hours. Like there's no way. Yeah. You don't want to, unless you want to go the, you know, the Harrier route and just have your Ziploc bag full of shooters. Well, now so they make the announcement. Choose now. your own adventure. Right. Well, they used to never say anything. So you could bring on your own airplane bottles and drink them and they would frown on it. Uh, now they actually make an announcement on the airplanes that you're not allowed to to bring your own, consume your own alcohol. Where in the Bill of Rights does it say that? How about I you, think it's bullshit. How about you chortle my taint and I'm going to do the, <laughs> I'm not breaking the law. That's right. Am I? There's no law against it. What if you no. bring an empty Yeti bottle and you just unload on, in that ye- in that Yeti bottle? Just empty <laughs> like four or five, four or five shooters in there. Oh, I guess we're serving Long Island iced teas on this flight. So the funniest thing is, at the airport bar, you could most of them you can get it to go. So they put it in a plastic cup, and you walk on the plane. When you're getting on the plane, you're not supposed to bring it on the plane. So I guess they're meant the people that own. The plate, the bars in the airport don't give a shit. They're like, you could fight it out with the airline and or you just have it to to sit by your gate, right? I got I deplaned one time, so there was what the hell was going on? I got off because they I don't know if they said it was like a space thing or they wanted me to go back out. There there was some reason I went back out and got off the plane, and you have to scan back out. And like, yeah, you got to scan back in. And I said, well, I got to go to the bathroom. So I was like, we're not leaving for a while, right? They're like, no. So I left. I went, got a drink in a to-go, came back. And they're looking at me like, you're getting on. They're like, "Uh, sorry, so you can't bring that in. I just said, it's water. And I kept walking. (laughs) So I put a giant gin and tonic on. Sir, what's in your cup? A little beverage called then you god damn business like right like shut the fuck up i paid already for this flight i'm getting on it you're not gonna stop me i'm not violating any laws not hurting anybody just staring like you bitches ain't gonna serve me for about a half hour i need this now (laughs) i'm telling you bring an empty water like a yeti or any sort of you know refillable bottle and just dump it in there stick it in your backpack no one's gonna know well, that's just it. People bring it all the time and the, you fill up with water rather than buy water in the airport. You just fill up at the uh, the filtered water, but you could put anything there. You could put a drink. Exactly. And then we were in, my wife and I, what was it? We were in Houston airport. I think it was Houston or Dallas or, or uh, Denver, but um, it was Sunday. And with the blue laws, none of the bars were open. So we felt perfect trick is you go to one of those, um, whatever they are, the, the cozy or whatever the, the, the brand is. Um, but it's one of those where you just go help yourself and you pay, you know, you, you walk away, pay it's just like a little, almost like a kiosk, but like a, a newspaper store or whatever they, you know, bookstore. Um, but they have alcoholic drinks in there. You could buy those on Sunday. So you just buy that and drink it in the, uh, in the airport. Exactly. M- make your own, Make your own uh, adventure. 
There's always. always a way. There's always a way. And again, <laughs> you're not look at the Bill of Rights. There is nowhere in there saying that you can't do that. So that's right. You know, are you with me, lady from the uh, United Stand United uh, front desk? You think you're yeah. gonna win this battle? Why don't you go uh, jump off a plane? How about that, lady? That's what you say. You go. It's okay. I'm a limo driver. <laughs> That's right. Walk in. Oh, I gotta have on. a gotta have a limo um, ID. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Just do yep. that. It's all right. I'm a limo driver. If you don't get all right, that what do you got going? <laughs> Can't help you. All right. So again, mentioning Jimmy Buffett. This is a Monday night recording. This I really didn't want to drink. I really didn't want to. I just coming off a long weekend. My my father-in-law was here from Norway and we pretty much eat crappiest food possible because he's got to have his fix of bagels and pizza. And we went out for dinner one night and I had, not that it was the worst thing, short rib tacos with kimchi fried rice. That was, that was friggin' awesome. I got to tell you. That's pretty good. I loved it, but we were drinking every night, you know, lots of margaritas whiskey beer whatever but again i feel like you know i was harnessing my inner jimmy buffett you know what would jimmy buffett do it's five o'clock somewhere you know so i mean i didn't go margarita i couldn't i couldn't do that but i just got myself a little a little milagro milagro tequila milagro yeah this is this is one of my i i have so much tequila and i like tequila but how much can one drink it's nice to have the bottles, especially when you have friends over, right? Yeah. It's a nice bottle. Select barrel. It is plastic, though. I think. Actually, not as glass. It? I think it's glass. glass. Yeah. It feels like very thin glass. It has a little thing you can stick your finger up, you know, if you're into that kind of thing. Or something else. 100%. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Look what I got rested on my dingle. Fun for everyone. <laughs> 100% agave. It's good stuff. 355 of 3,600 barrels. So limited edition. You know, somebody think, out there is doing that on a regular basis. They're sitting there with that on their dingle, just going, yep, it's my holder. And I wonder if they have the shooter size. So you can, for the people with that are a little under a little dingers, they can bring it onto the airplane with them. Boom. Oh, boom. There you go. <sighs> yeah. Just the, uh, you know, just trying to be a it's little a Jimmy Buffett edition. That's a tequila cod piece right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Tequila cod piece. I believe that's was the alternate name of the song after Tequila Sunrise. But there you go. What you got to do. Yeah, I mean, this is a a nice tequila. It's solid. It's you're into it. You know, it uh, gets you where you need to go. Yeah, the Jimmy Buffett thing has been been bugging me. You know, it's uh, apparently it's been bugging me. I've been thinking about it a lot. You know, which hmm. is weird because it's funny. My wife used to play, you know, Margaritaville Radio, and I used to kind of like laugh at her, like, this song, like, he's got one goddamn song. It kind of goofy, yeah. Margaritaville. And you kind of hear more songs, and you kind of like, I just, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole and read a little bit about him, which actually is the perfect segue into. Let's go to Ski News. And there was an article from powder and the article was yes jimmy buffett was a skier so while most people will remember jimmy buffett for the florida keys life that he has sold as part of his persona buffett was a bona fide skier and spent considerable time in aspen for more than 50 years 
He nice. even played the closing set for the Jazz JAS Aspen Snowmass Labor Day show in 2021. He started visiting Aspen in 1972, according to a Veil Daily story by Andrew Travers. He came for three summers and after that purchased a house in Old Snowmass, where he was known for hosting wild parties. He nice. stayed for the 75, 76 winter season and learned how to ski. At the time, he was intent on splitting his time, or non-touring time at least, as he was playing about 150 nights per year back then as his profile was growing between the Florida Keys and Aspen, but still wild counterculture outposts at the time. Buffett's music was, a, was starting to gain a wide following, and he wrote the song Let's Get Drunk and Screw in 1973 while he was in the Ute City. Hmm. More hits followed and more time in Aspen, where he became friends with all the Aspen celebrity musicians. But significantly, Buffett never wrote songs about the mountains. He left that to his friend, John Denver, and the two were close. And then wow. a close friend of the author who grew up in Aspen, Chris Pomeroy, recently wrote on Facebook. While I've never been a fan of his music, I have to say I'm saddened by the passing of Jimmy Buffett saw him perform at the Def Camp picnic as a kid and went to a party once at his old house in Old Snowmass. He was good to our humble little community in the day, even played on the local softball league along with John Denver. There's an <laughs> expert in Juan Thompson's book where Hunter sent him to live with Buffett for a spell to give him a more stable perspective. <laughs> While the irony is not lost on me, Jimmy Buffett was a good guy. He will be missed. All the outpouring no. of interest is summed up in Chris's observation. Jimmy Buffett was a good guy, and that's why he's getting so much attention. How was his skiing? I haven't found anyone to answer that question yet. Hmm. So, yeah, it's funny that uh, that Hunter Hunter Thompson was sent to live with him to get him more stable. Like, I love that. I love anything having to do with Hunter Thompson and all his crazy days out in you know Woody Creek and Aspen. It makes you wonder, like, what it would have been like hanging out with those guys in the early mid seventies. It must have just been just a just a absolute chaos fest. That's pretty crazy if you think about like all the <clears throat> all those famous people just kind of hanging out and kind of becoming a little bit of family, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, and you know those guys weren't big rich celebrities then i mean they were you know they were known but it's not like it's still not trying like the, to make it at that time like the kardashians are moving in somewhere you know and yeah. it's like all eyes and all the media and all this hype like just a bunch of like guys finding a cool spot and making it their own just hanging out yeah and uh i think that yeah like that story about you know jimmy being a good guy and that's something that you know i've read a couple of articles and same kind of thing you know, like you, the guy was almost a billionaire by the time he died with all of his mm. businesses that he has and just stayed pretty humble, kept doing what he was doing. He got in trouble a couple of years ago for surfing uh, during a right before a hurricane hit, hurricane yeah. or tropical storm in North Carolina. That's what everybody and, does. It's crazy. And they didn't issue a evacuation notice yet. So he was it wasn't like he was breaking any sort of laws. But people gave him shit afterwards. Like you could have put people in danger. What if you needed to get rescued? It's just yeah. like Jimmy Buffett. What would Jimmy Buffett do? Goes, what would go Jimmy surfing. Buffett do? Like, why is everyone such a friggin' Debbie Downer and a friggin' tattletale? Like, 
Yeah. That's, that's why you never accomplish anything. You know, the people who went out there and tried something and challenged themselves and did something maybe a little bit stupid in your eyes are the ones who are achieving, the ones who are making the living the lives that you want to live, that you want to read about. Not just sitting home like a tattletale, like, mm, look what they did. Yeah, I'm a better person. I listen. I followed the rules. Yeah. Well, I guess what they do now, what they used to do is go out and try to save people. Now they're like, yeah, we're not saving you. We're in evacuation. We're out. We'll save you. We'll come get your body later. Right. Like, which is what they should have done in the first place. Like have an evacuation order or there's something coming in. You hurt yourself. Well, that's your, you took your own, own risk. Right. I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Story. So rest, rest in peace, Jimmy. You'll be missed. Yeah. Rest in peace. This song was good. His, his music was good. Yeah. Still is. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. It's part of America. Yeah. All right. Moving on to some future ski news. El Nino is going strong during the winter of 23, 24, and it could bode well for skiers for the North, Northeastern ski resorts. This is powder.com. They actually put out an article saying, uh, breaking this down for us. They're saying El Nino's here. And people are wondering what it means for this winter, right? There's a YouTube meter, uh, YouTube meteorologist, Direct Weather, created a video to show the long-range winter weather forecast for the U.S. And based on on his early estimations, he believes the northeast northeast can see increased chance of northeasters this winter with the rising of the jet stream. So what it shows is that jet stream, you know, raising up and I guess bringing a lot more moisture and they're saying it could bring a good amount of dumping. So it's funny. They have on the, uh, on this little forecast, uh, diagram, they have polar vortex, Arctic blasts, winter battle zone. They have worst of winter. And it's funny how they, how they put it like, Oh, the, the weather, you know, the winter weather is going to be worst of all here for a skier. You're like, that's pretty sweet. So yeah. you want to see the worst, you know, it should if they want to rebrand everything, they could just say best of winter, right? Worst winter would be it's not so snowy. Like, yeah, because yeah, it just depends who you're talking to, what you mean by the worst of winter. Exactly. You know, talking it would to, be more positive. Yeah. If you're talking to people who are commuting to work, perhaps if you're talking to skiers. You're like, yeah, no, this is, this is amazing. So best of winter. Wonderful weather we're going to have this winter. Oh, really? Yeah. It's going to be snowy and blustery. A lot of, yeah. a lot of, storms so the way they have this forecast is up like i guess buffalo the interior worst of winter huge snowstorms along the east coast arctic blasts across like the midwest the northwest is polar vortex area so that looks pretty damn sweet when you go to the west coast you get like super dry and typical snow so it looks like normal to worse but i guess it's kind of normal over where they have it. It's just the East coast is looking pretty nice now. So interesting to see. So we're just going to have to watch this because everybody has their forecasts and I love how they come out with them this time of year. And then we just see how it plays out. Who has the, uh, who has the right formula to do the forecast. It basically looks like everyone is going to do well, except for Oregon, Northern California, Northern Nevada and Southern Idaho. 
says super dry. Mm. And then across northern Idaho, Utah, most of Colorado, typical snow. So, yeah, I I really hope they get this right. I, like, I hope this is accurate. That would be so wonderful because it seems like almost everybody wins. And, you know, if, if we can get that sort of scenario, like, isn't that just a beautiful thing for everyone? It's good for the skiers. It's good for the resorts. Money is flowing. It's just funny as hell when, when people start getting into skiing and they start looking at the weather and then they start realizing, you know, I, I remember saying to somebody, I was like, no, you don't realize like everybody that skis is a meteorologist or some <laughs> sort. Like they all have their thing. And then you get the people that are like, well, you know, with the higher elevation and the middle of elevation, it's like, all right, you're either full of shit or you really have some, some learning behind you. But either way, it's still a crapshoot, you know, so it's nice to have intelligence behind it. But, you know, mother nature is mother nature, right? What's so funny, my, uh, my sister-in-law got obsessed with that whole, that sub that sunk visiting oh. the Titanic. Of course, everybody she did. Be, she became like an expert that week about like, you know, pressurization and the time that would take to, you know, to, to descend and all that. Like, because again, you get so into a story that you want to learn as much as you can, as much as possible. Yeah. I'll tell you, like, you know, we had the, the last episode, we talked about hurricanes because you had just survived that hurricane that just missed you. Down I love, there that. In, in I love that term survived. I survived the hurricane. You survived the hurricane. And, <laughs> you know, we almost kind of mocked it in a way. And yeah. about a week ago, that hurricane Lee, which ended up hitting, I guess like Maine and. It hit Indic like uh, St. John's and yeah, that area. Nova Scotia up there. Nova and Scotia. It hit, area. It hit as a tropical storm, like a pretty significant tropical storm, but yeah. a week and a half out, this thing was like a perfect cat five like it was yeah. like a, it went from like a one to a five in like a day like it was a motherfucker and they were showing some of the they were showing some of the the spaghetti models i'm like i know all about spaghetti models now and i'm, I'm researching <laughs> about that i'm like look at the pressure system and then if it comes up it stays on this pattern it's going to come and it's going to hit us as like a cat four and we're yep. all going to die and it hooks like, everybody you know, in I'm that's like, how you keep watching I'm like i need a new battery for my sump pump like i was like freaking out for like a couple days and then they're like well you know this the jet stream is gonna dip it's gonna push it out and probably be fine over here so, yeah but think of how like crazy everybody's at like oh it's a cat one or a cat two like you remember that year i think it was two years ago or three years ago the year like all the islands like puerto rico they all got wiped out they were getting hit by fucking cat five hurricanes mm -hmm. like and they are on an island in the middle of the ocean. Like, you know how terrifying that is? Like, yeah, we're in civilization, big buildings around. Like, it's different, you know, big infrastructure. But even us, we, like, you know. Well, yeah, we, but your area, too, like, they build stuff knowing yeah. that a Cat 5 could come through. I can only imagine, like, uh, I've never seen video of, like, Cuba. Cuba gets pounded by hurricanes every year. And, like, nobody hears about it because it's like, ah, eh, it's just Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> but but they don't even have you know look at them they they have old cars like old infrastructure but they weather out these storms you know they got some big ass mountains but still i wonder you know we're all just so soft i'm like oh my god will costco be open tomorrow <laughs> exactly <laughs> hurricane comes people are like oh, i'm gonna use it lose internet um um you know this is horrible i can't work from home and i can't stream my my tv like yeah you you worried about that like your house is still standing Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's dumb. messed up.
Out of no, all the things that no. could have taken out um, Hawaii, I would never have thought a forest fire would have done it. I would have thought tidal wave or hurricane. That's it. Yeah. But freaking forest fire took them out. Or did it? Or did it? it? Those lasers? Wasn't the government like firing the lasers? And if you didn't have a blue roof, your house got taken out? Uh, It was UFOs. It was uh, Oprah's house was fine. And like she's like telling you to spend money to help them out. Like, bitch, aren't you a billionaire? Like, can't you throw a few bucks their way? Yeah. It's like you're sitting there like with all your money. Can't you help help a bunch of people out? Nope. There was some. There was something they were saying like the government like won't people get back to their land They're, like and give them some equivalent like lower estimate money to like buy it out from them. There's all kinds that's of like when, that's when the land grab up. starts. Like, hey, this land's worth a lot. Now yeah. we got rid of the people. Let's take it over. Notice after like a bunch of tornadoes in Oklahoma, they're not doing that. Yeah, but it's like prime real estate in Hawaii. They're like, oh well, you know, we're here to help. Yeah, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, they were trying to stop speculative investors going in and buying stuff for a while. But then I think, like you said, the government was like, well, you know, we'll help people out. We'll buy your land. It's like, whoa. So the government's doing it. Yeah. Oh, What's that about? Thank you. Thanks. You guys are here to help help. us. Yeah. The government is is always here to help, right? Mm -hmm. They are infallible. Well, just like the, I always laugh at the sub thing because that was the same, the same week Hunter Biden got like charged or indicted and it all got squished because of the, the sub, sub story. Let's put the sub story on top. Let's squish that other story. Don't we got some shark attacks too to go through? UFOs. It's amazing how that happens. I mean, it's such a coincidence. Yeah. The UFOs came out when there was another indictment going like, or what do they call them now? UEPs or some bullshit? Like yeah, why'd, just, they, why'd they change it? Well, because the new generation has to have their own terminology. Like, oh, that's UFOs. That's old school. Now we have something Actually, better. It's not flying. We don't know what it's doing. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, just shut up and use the goddamn term. Like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They do that with everything these days, right? Yeah. Like, you just realize there's some t shirt that I saw. It said, isn't it funny being the same age as old people? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's shut up, t-shirt. Well, that's just like everything that's uh everything that's really good, like you know, good song or good movie. They make a remake with some modern day dipshits and might be okay, but it's like you realize this is a remake, and a lot of the young people don't even know, like, what that's a remake? Yeah, that's like the third remake of that song. <laughs> like yeah, they right. have no idea. <laughs> I, I remember who first was it? Spider-Man. Um, what was that song where they sampled um, I'll Be Watching You from uh, The Police? And it was like P. Diddy or something like that. Oh, and yeah. I'll Be Missing You. I'll be, yeah. And it oh, was so awful. I think it was your your nephew was saying, oh, my God, he's so talented. He, he even sung that part. I'm like, no dipshit. That's like it's like The Police. He's like, yeah. who's that? I'm like, what the? F- blowing my mind. Just this is old people yelling at clouds. Like this is what we're doing now. You know <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know who's not yelling at clouds right now is Reed Hastings, co-founder mm-hmm. of Netflix, because he is buying North America's largest ski resort. Did you know that? It's money well spent. Better than buying CBS or ABC or whatever the hell's going on now. Find Twitter. <laughs> right. Elon could have bought like all of Vale. 
Yeah, resorts. Yeah. All of them. Nope. But um, on Twitter and called it X. His choice. I'm reading yeah. his book, the book about him right now, the Walter Isaacson biography about him. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Good. He's uh I read the old one about him a long, long time ago. Yeah, that was the yeah, something Vance wrote that one. Mm. This is like next level. It's like a lot of the same stuff, but more. Way more. Well, yeah, it's later date, right? Yeah, his dad was a creepy fuck. Yeah, that was that he grew up pretty weird, right? His dad was like kind of a nut job and he ended up like marrying his stepdaughter. Like weird, weird. stuff. Yeah, very weird stuff. It's but only anyway. weird if she wasn't hot. That's true. I haven't seen pictures, so I'm not really <laughs> sure. So speaking of That's tech billionaires, Reed Hastings, who is the co-founder of Netflix, has made a $100 million investment in Powder Mountain in Utah, the country's largest resort. Hastings, who stepped down as CEO of Netflix in January and became minority owner of Powder Mountain in April, ascended to majority owner of the resort with the investment on September 6th. Hmm. Powder Mountain is the largest ski resort in North America by skiable acres. So settle down, Park City. You're still the biggest with number of, what is it? Powder's freaking nice. I'm so mad you didn't go on that trip. That was a good trip. So am I. That was a nice place. For those not in the know, Powder is located above northern Utah's Ogden Valley. The resort extends over 8,464 acres. It has 54 trails, nine lifts, and two terrain parks. It also has cat skiing options that extend the range of terrain possibilities. Mm. It receives upwards of 500 inches of legendary Utah powder in good snow years. It also lies about an hour north of Salt Lake City International Airport, not in a remote wilderness area. Powder Mountain skier policy have also elevated it in the skiing world. It's the rare resort that has the unusual and welcome policy of capping day passes and season passes sales to provide an uncrowded ski experience. For the past decade, Powder Mountain was owned by the guys behind the Summit Series conferences who bought the resort for $40 million in 2013 and saw the unsung resort as an opportunity to build an eco-friendly ski resort for the tech wealthy. The intention was to build 500 homes in a village set at 9,000 feet, along with various science, medical, and educational facilities. They ran into countless challenges, and as the project floundered, Hastings, who already owned a house there, stepped in with a big check and a new vision. Oh, I know. It was the most fabulous yurt I've ever been in that owner's yurt at the top of powder. And we we were lucky enough to go in because we were pressed, but... I got to say, that was pretty nice living. That was, uh, you got to own a house. You can't even rent one. Like you, nope, only the owner. I love that. That's awesome. So they're saying that he intends for the investment to have an immediate impact. The influx of cash is earmarked for improvements that will expand skiable terrain, create a Nordic and snowshoe trail system and support the progression of all level abilities and ages on the mountain. Notable improvements for the winter include DMI-guided backcountry terrain. Powder Mountain will open access to 500 acres of some of the steepest terrain accessible from the mountain. The newly opened terrain is DMI, don't mention it, and offers views of the Eden Valley and the Ogden Divide. Skiers can look forward to 3,000 feet of vertical drop chutes and open bowls. In short, it's steep technical terrain for the big dogs, challenging enough that it can only be skied with a guide. Wow. That's pretty yeah. sweet. And the new cross country and snowshoe trail 
will offer guests additional ways to get onto the snow, while the new on-trail warming hut will provide hot chocolate. Nice. Didn't they do an expansion and add a whole bunch of... Um, I know they were trying to do the village, but I think they added some more homes. I don't know if they were... I don't think they were able to do the village, right? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think they did, no. Yeah. I mean, it was a good idea, but now with this money coming in and new vision, who knows? Might be really sounds like a pretty sweet plan. Yeah. It's got some dough. So so someone, of course, had to comment, actually, North America's largest resort is Whistler, based in British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. Powder. Canada's dead to me right now. Actually, still. the largest, 8,464 <laughs> acres, which is more than Whistler's 8,171. In your face, Whistler. Yeah. But only 3,000 of Powmows is serviced by lifts. Whistler certainly feels bigger with more vertical lifts, trails, facilities, and people. And then, of course, some nerd. Why don't these big shots build a hospital or dialysis unit? Does skiing and dialysis go hand in hand? Why are you on Forbes whining about this? Go work a little bit harder so you've got $100 million to spend. Why are you looking for dialysis in the ski mountain? Like, I don't know. Stay where the dialysis is. I don't know. And just just haters. Everywhere they're haters. Everybody. It doesn't matter what you do. Somebody's bitch that you didn't do more. Like, it's going to be... You... You almost had world peace. Yeah, but you didn't have it. Like, really? Like, thanks, guys. Like, maybe if you assholes stop being haters and just joined in and helped stuff, maybe things would get better. Yep. But no, they got to stand back and watch just waiting for, I told you so. I told you that wouldn't work. Yeah. Assholes. Well, speaking of not not working, let's go up to Stowe. Boom. So Stowe Mountain in Vermont makes a U-turn on seasonal parking passes a mid-push for carpooling and public transit. Not a bad idea. It's owned by Vail. Stowe is. I know a lot of the locals, they still give it shit because uh, they think it's big money coming in, ruining everything. But Stowe's a pretty nice mountain. They're saying uh, they're going to discontinue the sale of season parking passes. And what they're doing is it's broader efforts to reduce traffic congestion, encourage the use of carpooling and public transportation, which is all a win for me. I mean, who wants to drive anyway? If if somebody else can get you there safely, the hell, right? They had the parking passes made available in October, uh, October 11, 2022, and they, they sold out instantly. So they cost $450 for the season, but they did not guarantee a parking spot. So it was first come, first serve still. So I guess that's also part of the rub. Like, how can you mm-hmm. sell parking passes without guaranteed parking, right? You, you oversold. So a spokesperson for Stowe Mountain explained that the $30 per day charge for parking on weekends for non-carpoolers would remain unchanged. So they're still going to charge for if you drive up there, but it's still encouraging carpooling and and public transportation to reduce traffic. So they're saying they presented data to Vermont Agency of Natural Resources in May showing significant uptick in carpooling and public transit usage, thereby securing indefinite continuation of the paid parking program. So they're going to continue their partnership with Green Mountain Transit, investing in public transportation uh, that provides skiers and riders access to the mountain from various points in Stowe, 
uh, and proceeds from the parking go toward additional buses and capacity as well as toward a resort shuttle system to improve public transportation in and around the resort. So the state has also maintained the 90-minute parking limit at Barnes Camp affecting hikers uh, and other winter recreationalists. So, now so this is a neat car- move. So if you carpool on the weekend, that means you don't have to pay? Well, you're splitting it with everybody in the car, right? So you still pay the 30 bucks, but it's encouraging instead of you driving by yourself and paying 30 bucks, you're like, hey, man, I can pick up uh, the hitchhiker and we can just pay 15 each. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Uh, I guess that's the the idea of the carpooling. And the public transport port is, uh, that's just a an easy win, you know? Yeah. But could you imagine you're paying 450 bucks for your parking pass and then like you get there and you can't park? I would lose my like, shit because you know you got a season pass or a freaking oh you got a fifteen hundred dollar epic pass probably you got an epic pass and a and a and a parking pass and you get up there and you can't park I would I would lose my shit mm-hmm. just saying just I've seen saying. you lose your shit over way less <laughs> four hundred fifty dollars <laughs> is a lot of shit losing yeah <laughs> you'd be chucking a boot through someone's window <laughs> boot to be flying. <laughs> <laughs> They have to hold me back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Commitment to charging for non-carpooling vehicles on weekends and holidays. Yeah. Why not? You want to park here? Thousand bucks. You know, you'll get people instantly to go to carpooling and public transport. Why don't they have one of those hyperloops yet? Like some sort of underground boring company. Like, why can't we do more underground parking? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I was, I mean, I worked right near the Lincoln Tunnel during 9-11. When that shit happened and they made it, you had to be, there were no single cars. People were like, hey, man, I need to go into the city. Let's carpool. And they would find ways to make it carpool. If you make it that, if you make it that difficult to go up there in a single car, people find a way. You ride share apps. I mean, we have technology now. Yeah. Get a ride share app. Just make it make it where you can't park a single person in a car unless you're working there. And even then, make them take public transport or something. Yeah, it's almost like when they when they had the uh like HOV lanes and people yeah. put like, you know, dolls and inflatable <laughs> people in the in the in the car to make it look like they have extra people in there. Got my inflatable, I got my girlfriend with me. Yep. Yeah. That's your girlfriend, all right. Yeah. That's funny. Because thirty yeah, bucks a day. I mean that's that's pretty harsh. If you're imagine you just ski there on like Saturday and Sunday, it's like going to a football game, right? I mean that's like what see like but lift tickets cost at smaller places, sort of. Still, maybe a few of them. Thirty bucks a day just to park. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's. I mean, I I don't have the answer. Obviously, I mean besides underground parking, like start drilling into the mountain and create like. Just caverns for parking. Like besides boring that, company. What else could you do? Boring right? company. They'll hook yeah. it up. Bore some holes. Make some parking underground. But I'm not a geologist. I'm not an engineer. I'm just <laughs> we're just throwing ideas out there. We're trying to find solutions. We're trying to help you out. But a shuttle chopper. What's wrong with that? Monorail. Why can't monorail. there be a stone monorail? So I was thinking about that the other day. I'm I'm looking at right the monorail. Ben and Jerry's. You park at Ben and Jerry's, the monorail goes right to the mountain. 
<laughs> but I'm looking at the monorail, like at the airport and they're, they're doing work on it and it's been forever. And I'm wondering, I'm like, why, why is everybody so jazzed about a monorail versus having a regular fucking train track? Like, is it different? Like, can't you have two tracks? Like, why does it have to be one track? Seems like a lot of extra effort for the same thing. It's the above the above groundness of the monorail, right? Isn't that so you put a train track above? Same thing. You have a platform. You have a dedicated platform where nobody goes on. It's the same size as a train. You just have one rail instead of two. And I think it's a lot more complicated to maintain. I don't know. That's just monorail. That's just me simplifying everything. Like, why are you just have an above ground train? That's kind of what they have a lot of places. <laughs> mm, that's true. So you're saying we have two rails instead of one. Oh my God. That's mono but, is better. Single. Like, does it have to be futuristic? Cause it's at the airport, like that's the only thing I see about it. how about an ab- above, above train track. How about that? Like a, like an amusement park ride. Yeah. Why don't they just strap you in like an amusement park? Just kind of click you in and boom, swish you there and be there. In, be more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Be there in like two seconds. Boom. That's that's an idea. Right. <laughs> well, I, like. I thought about it because I was flying into Tampa Airport and I'm like, you know what Orlando Airport should have is you get out and you have the opportunity to ride your first roller coaster right off of the airplane. You get out, boom, you shuttle ride the roller coaster right to the parking lot. Good goddamn idea. None of the slow moving bullshit. We want, we want fun, fun, hundred percent fun. Why are you going to Orlando to have fun? Have fun. It's all for rides. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they have, if you want the boring ride, they have the one that moves slow too. It's called a shuttle. (laughs) Choose your own adventure. Give people options. It's a great idea. Or walk. Why can't you just walk? You could. Yeah, a lot of fatties going into that Orlando airport. So, see, that's a problem. We've gotten fatter as a nation, and it's it's more difficult to tell people. Well, you're gonna have to walk. People are like, oh my god, this is we're gonna sue you. Like, why? <laughs> I just asked you to walk. Like, it's here. We didn't build anything to get you from this place to that place. You got to walk. Lose it's a few pounds, Wally. fatty. It's becoming Wally. <laughs> that's right. We're one step away from Wally with the big super gulp things and the, the screen the floating cars. Yep. Oh, yeah. How many people do you know that would opt for the car versus walking anytime? Most. A yeah. lot. Far too many young people too. I love in Wally they showed the they have the diagram of like the um the bone density shrinking because everybody's just getting fatter and they show like the thing going the fatter and then like the bones shrinking at the same mm-hmm. time. It's genius. And they show the captains like they're like from like like slim and jack to like just fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter. <laughs> just big fatties like they can't even stand on their own. They can't support their weight. Ugh. They're like basically they're like seals. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of fatties, Mario, let's roll into the main topic. All right. Now you are heading over to Oktoberfest, like the real Oktoberfest, not the hack ones that are all over here. Not the OCT Oberfest, the OKT Oberfest. That's right. It ain't October unless it's OKT. That's right. So I was reading, I, I, you know, it's funny when I'm getting ready for these trips, I start reading up and then I stop and I forget about it. And then I start reading up again and we're going with an, um, 
with two other friends, another couple. So we're like, so I'm sending them stuff. Hey, read this, make sure you have this, you know, and it's funny, you learn new stuff every day. So, um, and I think I saw this before, but I just saw it today that Oktoberfest used to be in October, but the weather's so bad, they moved it up to September. Really? Everybody thinks it's October, but they moved it because they're like, yeah, we get pretty bad, like crappy, rainy, cold weather in October. So let's move it up. But they didn't want to change the name because they're like, everybody knows it as Oktoberfest. Yeah. And it's celebrated. This is something. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny. Everybody's like, Oktoberfest, you go in next month and like, no dipshit. It's this month. <laughs> like, it's well, three weeks in this month. It ends in October. Yeah, it's like you're celebrating the coming of October. Yeah. And they sort of changed that that description, I guess, when they figured the weather was better. Right. And I think it ends, it always ends like the first week of first weekend of October or something. Mm-hmm. So I think, but yeah, it's like three weeks. It just started last week. So we're going in the middle. We got our plans. Um, I'm pretty jazzed about it. So I've done multiple variants of it. Uh, this time we're going and we're going to be there like four days, which is an eternity from my wow. That's four times longer than you were there last year. <laughs> that is. <laughs> uh, so last time I went, um, I wasn't married yet with my wife. Um, my girlfriend, at the, my ex-girlfriend I was with. Um, uh, so I was with her and we went for t- literally 22 hours. I added it up. Wow. So, and that's touchdown to takeoff, which that's a short trip. Um, I got sick as a dog coming back. I won't lie because uh, I really didn't sleep and just kind of ran myself down. Um, but it was fun as hell. That was. Uh, so we have a system. I don't know if I want to share all my secrets, but I will with this group here. So you land in Munich. If you're going to Munich, um, Munich airport to get to the city center it's kind of a long drive. Like people don't realize even the train is train. I don't know if they have it. Do they have the train? I think they do have the train, but it's kind of the easiest way is the Lufthansa shuttle. So it's called, you don't have to fly Lufthansa. You just book it. And it is a bus that goes literally directly from the airport to city center in Munich. And it's like, I think it's 20 Euro or 16 Euro. Uh, one way, 30 round trip or something like that, 26, something like that, um, which is cheap compared to, you know, doing a train or or even an Uber. Like that's, that's really expensive. Um, it takes you right there. You're there in like 40 minutes. So uh, get you there. It's pretty good. So, so that's what we do. Uh, we fly in, jump on the time of the bus, go found that out the first time I went there with our buddy, John. Um, so the first time I went, went for three days, so Bayern Munich game and then did Oktoberfest um, and then kind of walked into Oktoberfest the other time. Uh, we found a service at the time that does a tent reservation. So if you're ever going to plan Oktoberfest, um, I think, I believe it's, I don't know if it's January 1st or like January 13 or 15, there, there's a date that all the tickets go on sale. Now you can buy a single ticket for a table. You can buy a table um, reservation and you actually buy out the reservations, right? So those reservations guarantee that you'll have that on the day that you buy it. 
Um, you don't have to buy a ticket though. You could just walk in and sit wherever you want. But if you want like a VIP, like a seat at a table, that's kind of where you get into buying tickets. Now they're state regulated, so you can't resell a ticket. So if you want to go and you want to sit at a nice table, VIP area, you just go buy them. Now, the problem is having that sense of planning and forethought is really rare. So these companies go out and they buy the tickets legitimately from the sit from the uh, from the government. Um, and since they can't resell them, they package them together as an experience. So I found a service. They're out of the UK. I thought I was getting scammed at first, but we took a leap of faith and it was very expensive. But what you do is you buy a ticket um, and they offer you could get a whole table, depending on how many people you have, or um, you just book you know, seats at a table and they put you together with other people and you hang out. Um, it's probably about, I think the going rate's about two, two fifty a person. Right. Wow. Um, but by packaging it as for one session at, at Oktoberfest. One session. Right. Now, Oktoberfest, I believe they do two sessions. They do a morning or an early session and then late session. And the early session goes till I think it's about five ish or so. And then the other one goes to like, I think starts at like eight till or seven. And I'm probably butchering it all up. Goes to like, I think it all closes at 11. Cause so history of Oktoberfest real quick is it started out as the, the wedding party of, I forgot the king and the queen. King Ludwig. It probably and the the queen was was Therese, Teresa right, so they dedicated this area named after her Teresa Teresa Vice uh, is the the area, um, and it's this big park that basically had this public party for they're getting married let's have a public party and they kind of back then they would have a big party and for all their loyal subjects they throw this big party and people would have fun right. Well, it developed into over the years, you know, they kept having this, you know, hey, is a good idea to have the party. Let's have beer stuff. So they kind of, you know, um, had the big beer companies start marketing their their brand. Um, now, they still do. If you're there, you will see riding around uh, the the area like around, you know, because they have a whole trail of where they take the beer from and they they deliver it in the tents and they go by. Um, a lot of the, you know, they ride around a lot of the, uh, a lot of fest area. Um, and I believe it's a law in Germany and for, for Oktoberfest that if they're bringing the beer in, it has to be by horse-drawn carriage. So you really? see massive wagons with all these beer kegs and they're drawn by horse and you're like, that's really cool. And then you start talking to, you know, the people. Now, the thing is with the experience, they explain this all to you because that's part of the experience. You meet up with them. They explain a lot of stuff to you. You have some drinks and then they walk you in, you get your table, they have food there, you get food and beer with the the ticket. So it's, it's really awesome. Uh, especially if you're not, you know, you want to have an experience with no hassle, uh, but they explain a lot of the stuff. So they said, um, it is a law that they have to bring the beer in by 
a horse-drawn carriage and they bring it in the barrel. So they bring it, it's not kegs, they're old school like wine barrels, like the big beer barrels that you see in, you know, cartoons these days. I, I don't know yeah, where right. you've seen. Uh, um, and there's a few, I think, there's a few that still tap and pour out of the keg. So um, Augustiner is one of them that they actually have out in the beer garden. They have the giant keg and they're pumping it out of there. So it's, it's pretty neat to see. So uh, just some interesting things about it. But all these beer tents, so there's probably about, I think roughly, is it like 12? And my numbers are wrong. You can look it up online. But <laughs> for example, there's like 12 big beer houses, right? So you have like Pauliner, you have Augustiner, you have uh, Hofbrau, you know, all these big beer producers. Um, and you can look up, the, you know, which ones they are. Now, they have these massive tents. Now, when you say massive tents, they're to the tune of, I think, the Pauliner one that we're going to seats. And I'm probably butchering this up, too. I think it seats inside about, inside about 6,000 people. Right now, the regulation is they can build the tents for Oktoberfest, but they have to be completely torn down. So there's no permanent structures. They're actual tents, like Mm -hmm. in in that sense. Uh, So they seat about six thousand inside and outside. They have the beer garden, which is outside, and that seats probably, depending on the size of it, probably about twenty five hundred to three thousand people. Wow. So they're serving about 8,000, you know, roughly eight or 9,000 people in one tent, right? Now imagine there's 12 of those gigantic tents, and then there's a whole bunch of smaller tents that are like, you know, and when you say small, they hold 2,000 people inside, right? So they're, it's this massive area. So the scale is just, um, it's hard to, to imagine until you see it like in person, but it's not just beer. Like people get this, this conception that it's just beer. It's actually a festival. Like, so there's rides and there's kid stuff. And carnival, there's, yeah. It's a big carnival with all these tents. So it's like you have all these beer tents and people are going for that, but then there's carnival stuff going on for kids and, and local, you know, um, it, it's kind of interesting. I, I gotta say it's, it's, it's like a local fair on steroids, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you go in and, and you know, you could buy a ticket, you could do an experience, or you could just walk in. Now, if you walk in with a big group, chances are you're not going to sit together. And it is very, you know, when they say, when they talk about um, just German style or, or sitting at a you know, European style seating, you fit in wherever you can. So if there's 20 people at a table, but there's one seat, you just go down and sit there. And that's how it is. You know, they might not like it, but nobody will ever say anything. You just sit down and there you go. Uh, A lot of times people will go to a place and they'll be sitting like at different tables, right? Maybe talking to other people, but waiting to see if places open up where they can start sitting together. So depending on how long you're there, then you eventually start sitting together and you're hanging with your friends. But you make a lot of new friends on the way because you're sitting there and you start talking to people next to you. So it's kind of, it's very festive. Mm. So um, I do have a, uh, the uh, Lederhosen, which is the whole, the whole getup is called the Trocht. 
And that's, you know, the shirt, the lederhosen, which are the, um, it's basically leather, leather shorts overalls. Right. And the idea is it's meant for going out working on the farm. Right. So you have your lederhosen. Um, if you're a farmer, you're wearing those to do your chores. Uh, and they're great because they're super sturdy and, you know, they don't puncture easily and you can kind of maneuver with them. They're, they're kind of kind of cool that way. And the ladies wear Dirndl, which is uh, the traditional uh, Bavarian dress, which is, I guess, like Sound of Music looking the uh little dress with the apron got to have an apron right mm -hmm. so the idea is you're on the farm as well cooking and baking and maybe cleaning stuff and tending to the farm too you know so it's kind of traditional dress and everybody wears it so first time i went with my buddy john i got the the later hose and i got the whole truck and i talked him into getting it now he was like you got to be kidding me this looks stupid. I'm going to feel stupid wearing this because he's I'm wearing cool. a Jets jersey. Yeah. Under Armour shorts. He's too cool for everything. He's like, I got to look cool, whatever. It's like, no, no, just wear it. Just trust me. He's like, all right, all right, whatever. So he got it. Brings it to Germany. I'm all dressed up. Meet him. He's like, he goes to the hotel. He's like, you sure you're going to wear this? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to wear it all day. I'm going to, you know, we're going to go to Oktoberfest. So he's like, so he puts it on and we go eat lunch. I'm like, I'm hungry. Let's go eat lunch. So we're walking down. I'm like, let's just sit here. He's like, I feel like an asshole. You know, he's all bitching about it the whole time. You look like an asshole. <laughs> and we're sitting there eating lunch. And in a half hour, he's looking at like 80% of the people wearing the lederhosen and the girls wearing the, you know, guys wearing the lederhosen, girls wearing the Darindel. He's like, all right, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> <laughs> so then he started thinking, oh, I got to get a hat because I already had my hat from an Oktoberfest I went to up at, where the hell was it? I think I was with you. It was in uh, Hunter Mountain. Went to the Hunter Mountain Oktoberfest, okay. awesome. which yeah. was pretty legit. Um, pretty legit in, in America. And this is like a traditional hat. So I got all out. Everybody and you forced John to go all out. I forced John to go out. So then he had to get a hat, but he couldn't get the same one, which is smart. He didn't want to look like twins. He got a black hat and he got, and then it has the, uh, the little pheasant thing, which is another symbol. So there's a lot of symbolism uh, for tradition and you being German, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, people wear or do, and it, it has some meaning, which is, is kind of cool. You know, it has a lot of their symbols in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got a little out of hand after they a while. They love their symbols. <laughs> Those crazy bastards. But there's certain things like the certain um, type of feather means you're a certain type of hunter or you're from a certain region. And it, it's just this whole thing. So it's kind of cool. You start reading up on it. Like, so for the women, one of the things I sent to the people I'm going with is the women have to wear. So when they tie the apron on the Dirndl, because the Dirndl is the dress, but has the apron. When you tie the knot on the Dirndl, it's supposed to symbolize if you're taken, mm. uh, single, widowed, or a virgin, which is just weird. Whoa, but it's symbolic. So if and it's your, your feather stands for this guy fucks. This guy fucks. That's right. <laughs> I have a hat and I have a feather. This guy fucks. <laughs> but yeah, supposedly if it's in the front, they're a virgin. If it's on the left, they're single. If it's on the right, 
they're taken. And if it's on the back, they're a widow or it's just, they work, they're a worker. So it's kind of, it's interesting to see, you know, those little nuances. The class system at work. Yeah. And then the other thing people don't realize is, you know, for women going out there, they're getting hit on by a guy and they're like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. He's not wearing a wedding ring. He's wearing a friendship ring. Well, the Germans wear the wedding ring on the other side. So they wear it on the right hand. So women looking like, oh, he's not married. He's not wearing a ring. Well, it's on the other side. So Uh, it's just kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like all these little, little nuances, but it's almost like the football in quarter in football, the quarterback has this plays on the wrist. (laughs) You almost need like the symbol, the translation. That's right. Going out. Right. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you just go and have fun. So they actually have one of the, they set up one of the largest jails in Oktoberfest. So there's a lot of people that just get hammered and they have an actual um, jail there and a judge. So they'll actually, if you do something really bad, they bring you there and they actually try you right there and charge you. It's pretty messed up. That's a very German thing to do. Very efficient. Kind of like Oh that. yeah. Very efficient. Uh, then they have this, this berm. So when I went was just after nine 11. So after 9-11, they put a fence around the whole thing and Germans were pissed about it. They were like, this is not right. This is in our way, the whole thing. And they still did it just to kind of control people going in and out, which made sense, right? Um, but they actually have this berm that goes around and it, um, we call it, well, I think a lot of people call it puke hill. So what happens is people get so hammered, they go out there, puke and sleep. And then they wake up and they go back into Oktoberfest. It's like, it's amazing. And I was there with, uh, with my buddy, John, and we're watching and they had this guy with a backpack and it was like the police and fire go out and they actually go and the backpack had water and they were going in and giving water to people that were laying down, checking them to make sure they were alive, that they were okay. And they were like giving them water. It was pretty, it's pretty wild. Oh, it's God. a scene. But then when you get in into the fest house, it's pretty cool. They have usually they'll have like the you know traditional umpa band, but mm-hmm. they'll also play like you know modern music. But when I say modern music, they play a lot of '80s rock. Like Germans love '80s rock. Um, Brian Adams, love. yeah, Brian Adams, um, Pat Benatar, like all that genre, and it's like Hasselhoff, obviously at the Hoff, but you could sing to it. So it's kind of, it's all sing-along music. So it's, it's really cool. Cause you go there and it's all a lot of English, you know, mu- music, whether it was foreigners that, you know, did English music or, or English musicians. So a lot of the music they sing is in, in English. And then they have their traditional German songs, which they still sing, which is pretty, uh, pretty interesting. And everybody sings and, you know, there's a few weird things. Like if you stand up, there's a lot of standing up on the chairs or on the benches. But I think it's if you put your foot up on the table that you're going to chug a beer or chug the rest of your beer. So if you put your foot on the table, that means everybody stops and they start cheering you on and you chug the beer. Now, depending on which tent you're in, I heard the Hofbrau house is pretty pretty crazy. Cause there's a lot of young kids trying to chug and, you know, prove themselves and whatever. Um, if you don't make the chug, sometimes they'll throw stuff at you <laughs> like beer and Thanks. food and stuff like that. But everybody just has a good fun time. So there's a lot of singing and dancing and hanging out. So now to kind of give it the, 
the skiing tie-in. So does it kind of almost like a like an après ski in Europe feel to it? It is. It's what après ski wants to be. Like it's kind of like, uh, hey, let's do like an Oktoberfest thing on après ski. It's very similar. Okay. Um, exactly though. You hit the nail on the head. But it's like a bigger version of that, just with costumes and stuff. So are you gonna hear some of the same songs? Like is there any Mickey Krause? Is there Peter Vogel? You know, I don't know. No, they they don't do the same stuff, but it's like the same type of stuff, right? So um there might be some Peter Vogel. Um Mallorca is hot, so Mallorca is hot. You know, uh, and then it depends on the tent. So if you go to some of the tents, they're more traditional and they play just a lot of traditional music and oompa band and stuff like that. And then if you go to, and it's interesting, they have a breakdown, like there's sites where they break down, like what each tent is like themed and who it kind of fits, like the type of people that hang out there. Like some is online quizzes, like which tent is right for you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Answer these five questions. But they have like some that are like, you know, more of a younger crowd, the, another one that's like family, another one that has like actually wine in there. Um, the thing I love about it is it's not this pretentious bullshit about, can I see your beer list? Well, do you have an IPA? Well, where, where is this made? Why is, it, is there any guava in this IPA? <laughs> yeah, it's none of that. It is, do you want a Vice, a Dunkel, or an Oktoberfest? That's it. A white, a dark or an Oktoberfest. Now, mostly it's a Oktoberfest because that's what they brew specific for Oktoberfest. And it's more of a, it's a a light beer, but a little more malty has a Marzen style. Yeah. Yeah. The Marzen is a little more, um, a little more creamy, a little more caramely, a little malty, um, good taste in beer, not a lot of high alcohol. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you drink it. Now they serve it in either a Moss, which is, uh, one liter or a half moss, which is a half liter. Uh, okay. So a liter of beer is a lot to drink and they serve it the big stein and they, they bring him, you know, 20 on a tray and they hand him out. I think it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then the food there is, you know, do you want a half a chicken? Not, Oh, what's on the menu? Is it gluten free? No, it's a fucking half chicken. Just take the, take the half chicken and what beer, what are the three beers do you want? You know, there's none of this mixed drink. There's none of this. Oh, I have a gluten intolerance. Do you have pretzels that are gluten free? Yeah. And the best part is since it's a beer tent, it's not like you're asking, oh, do you have, you know, a, a Heineken or a, uh, you know, a Dob? No, no. This is the, the, the Hockup Shore tent. That's all we have. <laughs> like, that's all we serve, dumbass. Do like, you have Miller Lite here? Yeah. You're at the wrong tent. Go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And then after, uh, nightly after it closes at like 11 on the perimeter, you see everybody, everybody's leaving and it's just a shit show. So, um, the first time I went with my buddy, John, I got separated from him cause I made the mistake of going to the bathroom before everything closed down and they started emptying out the tent early. So I went to the bathroom and I couldn't go back to the table I was at. I had to leave. So I left and he was still at the table and then that's how we got separated. So that followed with me being hammered, trying to walk home, getting lost, finding a park, deciding I'm not going to sleep like everybody else in the park because everybody else was hammered too. I was going to jump in a cab. The cabbie 
since I passed out in the cab, decided to take me to a strip bar and try to drop me off there because they make money on that. And I freaked out on him. I was like, I just want to go to my hotel. You mother effer. I was, I went off on this guy and, uh, he was so scared. I was going to report him because they get really big fines for doing that. And the reason is they purposely try to get targeted, like just tourists, drop them off at strip bars. And then they get paid money by the strip bars for everybody they drop off. So the guy was trying to talk me into it. And then he, you know, I, I fell asleep. So he, you know, pulls up and I'm like, all right, we're in my hotel. He's like, no, we're here. This is better for it. I'm like, no, what the fuck? And I was like, I went off. So he, uh, he was wasn't he in a German or was he like a, like a, like a middle Eastern cab driver? I think he was, I think he was middle Eastern. He was from, yeah. um, let's see. He was, yeah, he was middle Eastern. Nice guy, but he was scared shitless that I was going to like, number one, probably beat his ass. And number two, report him to the police. So he dropped me back off at the hotel and he was like, I'll apologize. Like no charge, whatever. He's that afraid. And I was like, no, I'll pay you for the, I'll pay you for the ride. Just don't do that to anybody again. And I left and it was just funny. So my buddy, John fell asleep. Oh yeah. So my buddy, John fell asleep at the table and chairs outside of the hotel waiting for me. And I walked right by him and then I went up and went to sleep. And then he woke up like two hours later and was like, all right, I'm going to go back. He's like, how the fuck did he get in the room? I was waiting for him. Ah. So it was kind of funny. Uh, now, the, the time I went with uh, with my wife, my current wife now, um, my ex-girlfriend, uh, <laughs> the time I went with her, um, we were pretty lit. And I had to kind of carry her home because she drank like two liters of beer herself. She's tiny. Two liters of beer. Wow. Yeah, she drank two. I had an outdo where I believe I drank three. And uh, that's a lot of volume. Just saying. So, that certainly is. Yeah. It's legit. I think I'm, uh, I think my target's at least two. And we'll see from there. Yeah. Uh, well, now, if I you mean, don't like beer, there are tents that have wine, but. They don't have the, uh, the White Claw tent over there at Oktoberfest yet? Not yet. It might be coming. Yeah, uh, some of them do serve um mixed drinks but you actually have to walk and go to the little kiosk that they have on your own within the tent and get it like they won't the servers won't bring it to you Mm -hmm. so they're like no you want a chicken (laughs) you want a a beer i'll bring it all the other shit you go go yourself you know yeah so now there's one other question i still have let's hear about the v's and cocks all right, so last time I'm there with uh, with Melanie, and we're going into the tent, and we're all jazzed, we're happy, like we're just like, all right, this is going, and you know, it's great going with the tour because you're just walking past all these people, getting into this like VIP entrance. It's kind of cool. And as we're going in, we're behind these two guys, and the one guy's hitting the other guy, and the guy's like, all right, like, and he holds out his hand. And the dude takes something out of a little vial and he puts like this line of what looks like Coke on his hand. And the other guy's like sniffs it. And then like, ah, and then they walk in. I was like, holy shit. It's one of those parties. <laughs> so I didn't know it, what it was. I thought it was Coke. And then we're in the, we're in the tent and the, the fest going on and everything. And we see tons of people taking out this, this white pattern. Like they're all doing Coke. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, what did we walk into? Is this like a, a Coke infused, like Oktoberfest? Is this normal? Oktoberfest. 
So we asked somebody and they're like, oh, no, it's a snuff. And I'm like, really? They do a lot of. So I guess apparently they they do a lot of snuff. Uh, I don't know if anybody doesn't know snuff. It's it's like tobacco where you, you know, you put it instead of chew it or smoke it. You 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 inhale it, you know, and they used to do that way back, you know, way, way back. Good old Um, days. Good old days. But now I guess what it is, is it's a. For Oktoberfest, they wanted to make, they call it the, um, it's a type of snuff that they call the candy cane. And what it is, it's a lot of menthol and gluten. And it basically, it's just like a menthol shot that like, just gives you like a flash of just like, wow, opens up your whole sinuses. So I didn't do it. Cause I was like, it looks like Coke. Um, <laughs> they were just trying fine. to, yeah, they were trying to outlaw it for a while, but everybody still does it. So they, they kind of, I guess, relax and like, fuck it. Everybody's doing it. If it's Coke and it's not reason cooks, then, oh, well, what are uh, we going to do? So, uh, but that's what it's called is reason cooks. You could order on Amazon. I actually saw it today. I was yeah. looking. <laughs> you got to put uh, it in your, in your carry on bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not Coke officer. It's reason cooks. Don't you know about reason cooks? Come on. Everyone <laughs> Come on. knows about reason cooks. Now, if that was in Florida, it would be laced with uh, fentanyl. So uh, yeah. that's the other scary part. So I'm like, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't try it from somebody because you don't know if they're maybe throw a little cocaine in there, maybe a little this, maybe a little that. Um, mm. So while it sounds really cool, it's terrifying to take something from someone else. That's the other thing, right? Right. So, but yeah, so that's uh, Wiesen Cooks. Uh, what else? So while you're in Germany there, while you're in Munich, uh, you got to see all the sites right in there. So there's like the Marienplatz where the Glockenspiel is, which is the, I forgot how old it is. I think it's the 1800s, but it's like the the giant cuckoo clock that at noon does like this amazing, like it's, it's this whole little story of, you know, there's a joust going, there's things singing, like, in a, and there are all these animatronic things that they built so long ago and that thing's still running. So it's pretty, pretty amazing to see. They have like the residence, which is, you know, where the Kings used to live and a lot of cool stuff to see. Munich is a pretty cool city. Um, when I was there with my buddy, John, we, uh, we went up and we saw a Bayern Munich game. So we saw a soccer game, which is pretty awesome to see a European soccer uh, game. It's a nice stadium, but it was, it was like a season game. So you had the rabid fans. We took the train up. They were singing songs the whole way there. Hmm. Um, biggest thing that I couldn't get used to is I didn't realize until the last day I was there the first time is you're allowed to walk around with an open container anywhere in Munich. Like there's no law like we have. We're such prude ass bitches. So, wow. um, used to be walking around just drinking all day. Hmm. So I'm going to execute my right there when I, when I go this time, there you go. Uh, but it is weird as an American, you're like, I'm, I'm used to not being able to do this and then you can, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to go back in time and just, just do it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, well, you're leaving in just a couple of days, right? I am leaving in two days. So I got so the time this comes out. You'll probably be on your way. Yeah. One day at work. And then next day we're gone. We're traveling for a day and then, uh, this time we're actually going to try to, we're going to go, we actually have reservations to go see two of the castles. So 
crazy King Ludwig. Was it Ludwig the second or something? Um, affectionately known, affectionately known as uh, Crazy King Louis, uh, basically bankrupted Germany way back. I forgot how long it was eighteen hundreds, maybe late eighteen hundreds. Um, my history references are horrible, so you'd have to Google all this. But he built like five or six castles, castles, not just you know. So his dad, the king, built a castle. And I think that is Hohenschwangau. And then he built Neuschwanstein. So there are two castles that are across a river. I believe it's a river in a valley. Um, and they overlook each other. So it's really cool. Like you go to one castle and you see the other one. Now you had the father's castle and then he built his castle. Well, his castle that he built, uh, Neuschwanstein, that's what they modeled the Disney castle after. after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's this beautiful white castle. And you look at it, you're like, Oh wow, it's a copy of the Disney Castle, and you're like, yeah, actually, that it's the other way around. Around, yep. Um, and it's amazing. Like they had back then, like this is before anybody had running water because they had the the high elevation rivers and streams. They actually were able to engineer water, and they had running water in these things way back then. It's it's pretty oh. amazing. They had flushing toilets, running water, like not like the peasants. It's good to be king back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool stuff to see around there. So nice. A lot of tours. But uh, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, I would recommend everybody to do it at least once. Brian, you got to get on that list because that's your heritage. You're Bavarian, right? Your your parents are from Bavaria as well. So yeah, my mom is. Yep. So uh, yeah, it's uh I don't know. It's getting harder and harder to justify as I get older, but <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe one day yeah. try to pull it off. It's just, I would recommend to anyone save up your frequent flyer miles and just spend them on going. Um, the hotels are really expensive this year. I think it's gotten so popular after COVID uh, between COVID and the YOLO generation, they don't really care. So it's just such a high demand. They're like, I don't care if I could pay my, my bills. I'm just going to go and do whatever I want to do. So yeah, it's a little changed. So yeah, it's the old, uh, revenge travel. People are still doing from COVID. So hopefully yeah. it's all chilling a bit in a year or so make it a little more doable, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're, uh, you're all psyched. You got your itinerary and it'll be a, an awesome time. So. Yeah, I'll give. Uh, I'll have to post on uh, on our socials. So definitely check us out on Ski Bump Podcast on Instagram, and uh, I think we go out on Facebook as well. Uh, maybe I'll get start posting on X. We'll see. There you go. Get some X, well, especially yeah. the Vizen Cooks. I'll put that on X. Vizen Cooks, just just like just doing lines of it, being it's like, too- "Woo! <laughs> I can't stop doing these lines." Woo! Yeah, that's the move. <laughs> Got to figure out how to make these and cooks like even better. Like, what else do you put in it? Crack, obviously. Crack cocaine. Bees and crack. <laughs> bees and crack. I bought yeah. bees and crack by accident. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Where the do you buy it? Accident. I, I got to buy it from a store. I can't buy it from some dude on the street because that's yeah. like asking for some kind of. Yeah, he was he was fine until he overdosed on bees and crack, and that's it. <laughs> You have to go to Costco. There's got to be a Costco nearby in, in Munich right. with the Wiesenkocks. Just get a big old tub of it. 
Do they have Costco? In, they got to have Costco in Munich. They have one in Sweden. I'm looking Probably up right now. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking it up this week because the Costco Connection magazine came and they had a whole list of all the international ones. And nice. my father-in-law is in Norway. I'm like, hey, look, there's one less than six-hour drive over in Sweden. Nice. So you too can make your Costco journey without crossing the Atlantic. So they're saying there's not a Costco, but there's stores that are equivalent to it. And I think I went there one time way back when mm-hmm. I was visiting family. No, they're there you go. The Globus was close to it. I remember going there. Globus. Costco-like. <laughs> I like it. Well, yeah, that's, that could be your Beezing uh, None in Germany. Support. Yeah, my Beezing There's none in Germany. Wow. I am surprised. It's crazy. They're keeping them out. Yeah. Well, that's like Aldi and Trader Joe's are from Germany, right? That's yeah. they're actually the same company from Germany. It's kind of a. Why can't we trade them? We'll, yeah, we'll trade you Trader Joe's and Aldi for Costco. Well, and then there's all these little tidbits like, so the town that your mom's from, right? That's the where Adidas and Puma are from. Yep. The Dosslers, right? Mm-hmm. So they were both founded by people from that town in that town. And they're pissed off brothers, so they don't they didn't even yeah. couldn't even Great have the drama. same company. Great and drama. Yep. Like, Screw you, I'll make a better shoe. That's it. It's left. <laughs> yeah. And now they're both global conglomerate shoes. It's like, wow, if they use that rage for good, not for evil, like right. They're all made in China. Now they're all made in China. The China yep. connection. Yeah. Well, Mario, I hope you have a wonderful time there. I hope uh, everything goes well. You have good weather. Can't wait to see the pictures and the videos. Like Mario said, if you want to get more info and check out how Oktoberfest is going, follow us on socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Untapped, at Ski Bum Podcast. Watch Mario's adventures. If you're going to be there, DM me. Yes. Maybe I'll be able to meet up. Hook it up, baby. <laughs> yes. Probably do it on Instagram. That's the best best yeah. move. Or send an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Go to the website if you need any other information, skibumpodcast.com. Uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash skibumpodcast. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. If you need some sweet gear for working out, 10,000.cc. Use the code bschneider 15 15% off. Snowbound Expo is coming up. Month and a half. Boston, November 3rd through 5th. Check them out. Snowboundexpo.com. We will be there. That's all we have this week. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen.